0: Welcome to Not Your Average Bear Podcast. Uh, I'm Tyler. It's the first time doing this. Don't know really how, how it's going to go. Um, this is episode one. We're going to be talking a lot about education and how suicide can play a role in that. Okay, I'm taking a pause in the first like 30 seconds of this podcast because uh, I didn't mean to say suicide. I meant to say depression. We talk a lot about depression and uh hope you enjoyed the rest of this podcast. And uh we'll see where the conversation goes. Um I'm here with Fred Oates. That's me. This is also my first podcast. And Hire Miranda. Thanks for having me over. Cool. Um Basically we're just talking about education. Um. Intru- well, I'll introduce myself. I'm Tyler. I'm from the great city of Riverton, Utah. Um, at some point, all three of us will be studying at the U, University of Utah. Um, I'm studying electrical engineering. I'm in my third year of fifty. No, of like probably five. Um, and. It's it's not fun at times, and I'm hoping to shed a light on, like, education and how to maybe either improve it or, like, what people's ideas are about education, and I want to see other people's views. That's my whole point for doing this podcast is to see other people's views on education. Um, A little on the name of the podcast, Not Your Average Bear Podcast uh, on my on my mission. I served at an LDS mission, and I it was nicknamed Chamber Bear. So it's a little bit about me and where I got the nickname of Bear. And apparently, I'm not your average bear. which Just remained to be seen. How's that go? Remains to be seen. It's remains remains to be seen. Yeah, that's right. Um, Fred, tell me tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm also at the U.
0: I have
1: been studying biomedical engineering for two years and decided I don't want to do that. So I switched to psychology recently. It's my first semester from that. Uh, I moved here from Idaho. I went to high school in Idaho. It was awful in every way. I, I can tell you, I put no effort into high school and I was the valedictorian. Wow. Yeah, I, I, will, not, I will maintain that was, awesome. that was
0: not actually an accomplishment. <laughs> That says a lot. Yeah, it does. I tried pretty hard, and I got like a three six nine
1: nine nine. Yeah, I got a 4.0 because they just had like if you got straight A's in higher classes, they just gave you valedictory. We had five of them.
0: Three seven was a uh, honor roll, by the way. Really? And I got three I six nine nine.
2: We had
1: hundred and seventy students in my graduating class, and like over fifty were in the high honor roll. Mm-hmm, solid. Yeah, no, it's
0: pathetic. Solid. Um, yeah, that's my story. Hiro. OK,
2: um, I moved here from North Carolina. I went to school over there, um, growing up high school, and I did a little bit of college. The high school that I went to was, um, what's the word? Is it dual enrollment, where you take college classes?
1: Yeah, like concurrent.
2: Concurrent, yeah. Um, but it was for half of your high school, so I was supposed to have graduated with an associate's degree, but I was one of the first students to actually do that, so I was missing like five more credits than I needed to graduate with that associates. Um, I did probably three to four more years of college afterwards, um, not working towards my associates, just random things. And it has been eight years since I've graduated high school Dang. and now I'm about, trying to get to the U. It's been what, five,
0: four, five, coming up on five years for me, four years, coming up on four for you? Yeah,
1: one year oh. less than you. Yeah, because I didn't go on a mission. Wait,
0: where did you, you went in 2016? Yeah. Oh, it's like three years. 2019. Yeah, we, got, we got a good variety <laughs> of ages. Um, so for me in my life, depression is, I've never been clinically diagnosed. Um, if you talk to my mom, she thinks I have clinical depression. I don't know if I do have clinical depression, but there's like definitely been things in my life where it's been hard and like stressful. Uh, especially last semester, things went to crap. But that was it. There was a lot of stuff in my life that happened.
2: Well, there's different types of depression. Right. There's like situational depression, acute depression, moderate depression, different levels of it all. What triggers that?
0: I was very, very there was very large trigger points <laughs> in my life um, that led me to not do well in a lot of my classes and uh, luckily some of my teachers were very under- understanding.
2: Was that sporadic or was it situational? You said trigger points.
0: I mean like it was like,
2: the whole semester
0: just went downhill quickly because I started out with my mom in the hospital with uh, my grandfather also in the hospital and then um, I got a really strange medical did you all hear about this
2: I don't know I I believe you told me about it
0: so I went to the doctor and they did stomach palpations and they're like you have a problem with your aorta I'm like that doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. Your heart. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, and I let it like go for a month, and then I went to a different doctor because my health insurance changed, and they did a whole bunch of blood tests. They read everything, and they're like, I mean, like, maybe they felt something, but they like, they were like, we can't really tell anything everything ha- seemed healthy to us so I'm like cool I have mild uh high, high blood pressure hmm. but that, like I mean it sounds like specifically
2: your, your aorta no
0: the high blood that's different like that's not okay okay they're not correlated okay. but that was like basically I was wrong It's got also random stuff happening to my body that like physical stuff, but that that stuff is very much brought on by my own doing. How active you're being? Yeah, for how active I am and how much I don't stretch and, like, don't do the things to make sure my body's okay while doing extreme physical activity. Okay. Like, so, going back to how I ended up with what I'll call depression... I don't know what the right word is. Like, there were days when I just wouldn't get out of bed until like 2 p.m. I mean, that sounds like depression. Yeah, I mean, like, it sounded like depression to me. Yeah. If it barks like a dog, smells like a dog, it's probably a dog. Um, and then I went to therapists, still going to therapists, and things are going well. But what I want to talk about, y'all can talk about. How depression has affected your lives. You can talk a little bit about how it affects your life or if you want to talk about how you've seen it affect people in education however you want. Specifically in education? Like students or like people around you because we're all like inundated in the student body.
2: Uh, something that I've noticed a lot for students that tend to be depressed is maybe them not knowing exactly what they want to pursue so they choose a specific career and halfway through they're miserable
1: yeah because that's like a big part of your life like what you do for a living like it's a part of who you are if you don't love it it's almost like saying you don't love yourself but then like also not all jobs are like things you're super passionate about like, like engineering it's not like it's not like music or sports where, like, it's super fun. It's kind of, like, it's math and the application of that. It's not, like, the super fun thing, but, like, it's a very common job for people to have.
0: Right. So, what you're now pursuing psychology, right? Exactly. What, what made you, like, change to that? I mean, a large
1: part of it is the actual program I'm in is kind of a kind of a joke. Like, even biomedical engineering is a new degree so they're kind of figuring it all out. But and like even the job of a biomedical engineer isn't exactly feasible yet. Because the goal is like they're trying to combine all the different jobs of engineering, like mechanical and biological and chemical, into just one job. And the it's not really a bachelor program like if you want to do that you have to go to more school than just a bachelor but they're trying to get you to do it in four years and so it's not exactly feasible and then like for me I mean it'd be it's fine I don't hate biomedical engineering but it it seems very corporate in the sense you hear a lot of people they'll go to school for like business or finance and think like if I like say they say if I found myself in an office working a nine to five job every day, I'd probably kill myself. And like, it's not exactly the same, but it's a similar idea. And I think like, I didn't love it enough to spend most of my time doing it. And that's been the biggest thing. So like I'm switching now to psychology because like the field of psychology is okay. I could see myself being happy doing something like that, like working in a research lab But like my end goal is to graduate and then get a teaching license and teach high school. Cause like teaching isn't like a glamorous job and it's kind of like stereotypical, like, oh, you're gonna be poor and stuff like that. But like, it's not really like, I realize money is not a concern for me in that sense. I don't feel like I have to be super rich or anything. And like, I feel that teaching is a more rewarding experience especially like in high school like helping young people than working in some kind of lab making new discoveries like for me personally.
2: I think that's interesting that you said that because you were originally going for biomedical um but you felt like it's too much of a corporate job. Yeah. Um almost like it's very broad and not specific. Yeah
1: which is part of the appeal actually for a lot of people and like I been set on engineering at all before college and that seemed like it opened the most doors but it's like I'm kind of realizing there are no doors it's kind of a dead end unless you go to graduate school
2: Would you? I would say that having or following a career that has a feasible goal and career that you could have immediately after graduating is more attractive and is more is easily What's the word you want to say? To have a passion over. Yeah. So you don't get depressed, you don't get worked up to the point where it's unbearable. Yeah. If you can see yourself actually applying the principles.
1: Yeah, because I maintain like, you shouldn't go to college unless you know what you want to do, like not as like, what degree you want, like what job you want or like what type of job, like like with me, the teaching thing Like, I'm not dead set on being a high school teacher, but, like, teaching other people, I feel, is something that I enjoy. And it took a while to, like, realize that, but that's kind of the end goal. Whereas, like, I don't really enjoy applying mathematical principles and, like, what engineers do. That's never been, like, as a concept something I enjoy, really, especially after taking classes and doing it. It's just not fulfilling.
0: One thing I'm super intrigued by. I talked to um, friend of mine earlier today about like where I want to go and there's like three jobs that I have like in my brain like between these three are, are like things I want to do and one of them actually I would be interested in being a professor. Like that's interesting to me. Um, I don't know if I could deal with all the students and all that garbage but like I love education. And I love, like, I love the learning of it. But I also feel like there's just, like, something missing. Like, I feel like there's something I'm not learning. I don't don't know what it is. But it's just, like, like, I found so much more satisfaction last uh, summer when I was working for somebody. And I was learning the whole time. Like, about what this company does, how everything operates, how I was learning a little bit about how lasers work and how laser optics work and how um, I didn't really know how motors worked and how we control motors, but then I learned a lot about that. And that was so much more satisfying than sitting in a classroom and learning.
2: I'm trying to make sense of it all. Um, so that's why I'm asking all these random questions but that's perfect. it almost comes off that if you don't feel like you're actually progressing or learning and in, um, in a way that you're applying it to what you're interested in it's hard to maintain yourself interested in that topic yeah, yeah. because from what it sounds like in your summer job you're actually applying what you were learning and seeing it unfold before you yeah it was great um, how was your experience in school? Do you feel like you're learning a lot and actually being able to apply it? Like, put the puzzle pieces together? Like,
0: specifically for me, in my electrical engineering classes, I, we learn about circuits, and then we take it and apply it in a lab setting where we build circuits. But I don't think we're really learning... Like for the like, how for how difficult the stuff that the subject matter is, I just don't feel like the way they present it in in our labs and what they get us to do
2: is it's what you end up doing. Yeah, in it, this career. it
0: feels so cookie cutter and like
1: yeah, I feel the
0: same. So in all my classes, like I mean, yeah, it does teach you how to write in IEEE format, the format for engineering. It teaches you. General circuit skills, which is great. But what it doesn't teach you is how to it, like... Because I had my boss over the summer come to me and he's like, I need a simple circuit made. I need... He had this... Um, wow, it's been a while. I can't remember. He had this thing and he wanted me to increase the frequency of it. And, like, it wasn't just like well here's, here's your five steps on how to, be, how to solve it it's like this is your start and this is your finish use all the tools that you have and get there where I feel like in I feel like in classes it's just like here's A then B then C then D then E and then we finish and it's like it's great and like
2: like they're walking through it for you too much yeah not and, you actually... and
0: like i don't know maybe compress stuff into small things so that it's like okay there's only like three or four steps in here but we're only giving you the what the start and the finish and like good luck and if you need help you can come and talk to us because we're the like that's how it works yeah. in the in real life is like i mean studies support that as well like even just with like math homework if you give someone the
1: question and the solution and then like let them work like the steps in between those two points they'll learn it so that's you don't give them the answer it's kind of harder to learn
0: the professor i have right now i have two i have the same professor for two classes and that's what he does he's like here's the solutions i suggest you don't look at the solutions unless you really need to it's kind of leaving it up to us to learn And I mean, that is how the engineering world works. Like they say, we want
1: you to do this. And here's what you have to do it with. Yeah. Like that is the job. Yeah, I do think, I do agree with that. And I, it's very likely I bring this up a lot, but like in high school, I got into recording music and that was kind of the same deal. Like I knew what I wanted, like the sound I wanted to achieve. And I had no idea how to get there. And like, I spent like three or four years just like researching like audio programs, how to record like how to make sounds I started learning like synthesis like audio synthesizers and like how to make a sound from just the waveforms and building it up to that because like I knew what the result had to be like at least similar to I had an idea and like doing all that like researching sound synthesis and audio and like basically audio engineering I taught myself just because like I had a goal that I wanted to do and that was extremely compelling and like compared to schoolwork, like it's so much more fun to like do that. Even now, like trying to be creative with different approaches to sounds, like routing different sounds places, or like side chaining audio, like in like in dance music, that like instance is like taking the kick drum and throwing it onto track channels on other tracks, so you don't actually hear the kick drum, but it's influencing the effects of those channels, and so like. I taught all that to myself, just with like YouTube tutorials and stuff. And it seems like that was like the motivation for that was there. And it's
0: never really been there in a school setting. So I guess where, 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 where does motivation come from for, is it because you cared? Yeah, I think so. More. Cause like for that, the biggest thing was like, I had this
1: like emotion or idea that I wanted to convey through music. And I actually like cared about that. Whereas like school, especially previously, there's no like passion involved. I just wanted to get the degree and like make money. But I didn't do it because I enjoyed it. Like the process of learning how to make music was fulfilling because like, I enjoy every step of this, even just like building up these really like garbagey tracks,
2: like trying to learn it, it was still fun. I just keep thinking about like a goal of something that you want and how you want to apply I know I keep repeating that but it just seems uh, when I think about what brings me passion like I'm really passionate about wanting to be a dentist Um, the whole thought process of going through dental school and having to memorize all these bones all this um, histology and learning all these cells isn't actually intriguing but more the application in the career field that that I enjoy. So I volunteered for a few weeks at a dental office and I got to actually help remove teeth, do the x-rays, figure out which teeth are wrong, looking at the cavities, how deep they've gone. And that was really fulfilling. That really drive me and motivated me to pursue that. So I feel like where you find most happiness is kind of like finding the easiest route to get the knowledge that you want that you can instantly apply. And school it's more based of teaching you everything for any new circumstances, even if it's not common to happen in your field
0: of work. And I, I like the biggest challenge I see with education is like you are trying to teach like everything on th- your you matter. And you're also trying to teach everybody. You're like yeah. we have this huge group of people that learn in so many different ways. Like what do we do? And it's like I don't think it's solution to be like, well we're gonna teach everybody to their needs and it's like That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people and it's really challenging and I don't
2: think we have the I don't think that's in the budget to do that. Do you ever consider that maybe maybe I don't know about what's in the budget, but teachers can continue to teach everything that they're doing, all this large amount and vast amount of information, but also have the students almost do like a part time job applying it with professionals do you think that'd make it easier to go through schooling? Like if you were doing the summer job for like four hours a day.
0: Wait, did I tell you all about my business idea that I had like
2: a year and a half ago? I don't think so. The only business idea you've mentioned to me was the tutoring program that you are thinking about setting up.
0: Okay, so this was like the first big business idea that I just like adored and like poured a lot of time into thinking about and um, coming up with stuff stuff for it was um, an idea for a high school middle school type thing where you have half of the building is like um, an engineering firm and then half the school is like a school and kids like part of their schooling is that they are able to go and actually work with these engineers and they're able to learn from the engineers and they'll do like workshops and they'll do like, there could be even be after-school programs for the engineers, and, or with the engineers. And obviously, the school would be very focused on STEM. And how those things apply in the actual workspace, instead of just being like...
2: I just have all this knowledge.
0: Good luck! <laughs> Derivatives! Integrals! Woo! Like, I feel like that's what I got in high school. I mean, like, we did talk a little bit about how it applied, but I didn't really understand until I got to college what I, be honest with you, I didn't know what an electrical engineer did until I got in my first electrical engineering class. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, like, I understood that they had to do with, like, phones, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool, and that's kind of, like, what I want to do, and, like, they deal with math, and I like math. And so that's how I ended up doing electrical engineering, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is not at all. I mean, it is, but it's just like one super small part of electrical engineering.
2: We're getting to the topic of like changing how we set up education early on before college, which I feel like every country is doing differently now, and no one's really found the most perfect way to do it, which is difficult to do. But I, I would agree with you that at a young age, you need to give them the opportunity to actually do those workshops to test out what they're interested in to see if that is what they want to do and get a better idea of what they're going into.
0: So I'm, I want to ask both of you a question. How much of, like, history is so important in school. How much of the history that you've learned in school do you remember? I mean... Give me a percentage.
2: Maybe
1: like 50%, but I also took a lot of history classes. Okay,
0: so you like history? No, I no. It. Okay, but like, there's a bunch of random facts I know, but like, I don't feel like particularly I know the history
2: super well. As far as like our careers, maybe it's not so really interesting or appealing. Maybe for someone who's doing anthropology, where all their basis off, yeah, they would memorize more. But my answer, honestly, would be probably like a good ten to twenty percent.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm around, I'm around there, and but my, I'm not saying we need to stop teaching history. Of course, I'm just saying like, what should be the focuses on? Because I remember, math is pretty easy to teach because it just like, compounds and like, okay, went from addition and subtraction, well, multiplication and division, and there's just like pretty easy. Unless you're, the common core, then you're like, we can do everything at once. We're going to teach them all the stuff ever, and we're going to do it the right way. We're going to teach them every way to do it.
1: It's ridiculous. I mean, I think common core is the worst thing to ever happen. Did, Did you go through common core? No, I've seen it briefly, and mostly people making fun of it, how useless it is.
0: I mean, like... I understand where it came from but I just don't think it was a
1: I mean if you talk to teachers that have to teach it they'll say it sounds like someone who doesn't understand teaching made this
0: yeah exactly I think it was the legislators that were like okay we need if something needs to change Mm -hmm. because things aren't working like it's the right
1: idea like trying to like make a standard to give to schools, especially in like lower income areas and schools that don't get a lot of funding. Like if they're not teaching people, they need to fix that and give them some kind of standard, but common court doesn't, it doesn't seem like an effective way to do that. Okay. It seems like it hinders the better performing students than bringing the lower ones back up to them.
0: Yeah, cause like that was the, at least from how it was applied in my school. And I don't know if it was applied the exact same everywhere but the way it was applied was the idea was like you get everybody the ability to take calculus their senior year and i'm like i don't i don't know if that's a great goal like i i honestly believe everybody could understand calculus by their senior year but like does that make him a better citizen? I don't know there's a lot of people that don't understand calculus in this world. Yeah. And I think it's doing just fine.
1: Well, yeah, like in terms of careers, like engineers use calculus, and that's about it.
0: Or mathematicians. Yeah, engineers, mathematicians, uh, scientists. I guess. You know, physicists. I mean, that's their basically their job is. Yeah.
2: I never went through Common Core, but what it sounds like, they're just trying to make the general public's knowledge higher than what it could be at the same level. But not actually focusing on the individual's talents of what they can achieve and grow from there.
0: Yeah, I think the the one thing that they wholly skipped over was the individual. It was just like let's focus on everybody. Make everyone better. Yeah, because like this
2: doesn't work. But some people aren't good at those things.
0: And like even even you can sometimes you can even base things off of areas and like how a certain area is doing, but to be like in the United States of America this is how we're doing. I'm like, we have 300 million people here. We have like, I can look it up, but it's, I'm gonna lowball the guess of 50 million kids in school right now. It's probably like hundred and something million, but there's at least 50 million yeah. in school. And you're telling me for those 50 million that the best thing is a one Like, we're saying all these 50 million are going to go through this in every single area in the country. I don't think teachers are prepared to teach that.
1: I mean, I saw like my sister, she's like 11, and I've helped her with homework, like with these new standards because they're kind of forcing teachers to do it now because no one wanted to. But like, her math assignments, like, if you've seen that, it's like. If you're multiplying these two large numbers, you just take like the ones place and the tens place and add them all to, or you multiply those parts together and you add them all up. Whereas like before, like I'm sure you've done this, you like put one number over the other and then you do the individual parts one at a time. And like, I've seen videos of people make fun of us, like they'll do it the old way, they'll, they'll just line it up. And so if you have like 20 times 25, you'll do the zero times the top two. And Then you do the two times the top two. Yeah, and that's, what, that's how up. I
0: learned how to it it you it. Like, Five seconds. Yeah. Like, Wait, how do they do it now?
1: Now, like 20 times 25. So you'll do five times zero, and then the two times the two, and then you'll put those in the square bracket. So you get like 20 times 20 is 400, and then you get five times 20 is 100. Then you get five times zero is zero, and then 20 times zero is zero, and then you add all of those numbers up, and that's your final answer. And like, that is right, and it oh. could help some people, But, like, there's nothing wrong with the old version. Like, there's no flaws that they're fixing. They're just changing it.
0: And, like, I feel like at some points in the curriculum, they're literally teaching them, like, every way to do math. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's right. I think you should pick a way. And, like, if the student's like, I don't get it, maybe switch it up. If they're still like, I don't get it, switch it up. But don't be like, there are six ways to divide. You can do it by minusing. You can do it by grouping things up. You can do it by trying to do it in your head. It's like, I think you should just stick with one and like go for it.
1: Yeah, and another thing I think people seem to demonize technology when they're teaching people things because in the past, like people would say, oh, you're not gonna like have a calculator with you at all times even though we do now have a calculator with us at all times like we have these problems. and like they're basically a part of us and like yeah you can't just like rely on those but at a certain point like do you need to understand what is happening in this device how it is calculating this to use it or do you just need to know like that it's giving you the right answer
0: because if you were if you were to be like you have to understand everything you have to go back and you have to literally understand the physics behind electrons yeah how the electrons flow through um, metals and then how that deals with certain other materials yeah
1: and then you have to learn all of like software development to understand how they're taking those and putting into a program
0: it's just like I'm like if you spent your entire lifetime you would not be able to figure yeah. all of that out
1: like we had these really garbagey old calculators that you like have a button on them this device's one job is to calculate things and like that seemed to be fine just not for tests, not when they're testing your knowledge and like especially when you get into higher math, especially to uh, statistics classes, like they give you this sheet of paper of pre-calculated numbers for like the t-tests and the f-tests And like at what point do you just need to know how to use these to say like oh this is statistically significant or do you need to know the formulas going in. Like, even, like, I just took a stats class last semester, and he's like, no, just print out these formulas and bring them to the test, you just need to know, like, how to use this chart. Like, you don't need to know the formula of how they got these numbers on the chart, because, like, that's not in the scope of the class, and it's not, like, learning that isn't going to help you at all.
2: I want to bring up the topic as well of, and it's it's kind of side to the point of this, it's more about the depression, um, Mm and going into college, that I don't think as teens as adolescents are really prepared for college or life in general. Maybe college we are, but the real world, real world life of not living with our parents, handling, budgeting, maintaining a well mental health. I also feel um, like
0: as a society we're very coddled that's true. in general. Recognize as individuals but like we're very coddled and like so it's so much bigger of a step to leave the house now than it used to be
2: that's true sorry well just continuing with that and because of that difficult leap of going from living with your parents relying on them to having your own job paying for schooling for gas bills, doing taxes, learning all that information can be really stressful at that age and make it easier to fall into those depression or anxiety um, states of being. Yeah. I would totally agree. Well, something else I want to mention is that When I think of the times that I've been most depressed or sad, maybe depressed is too big of a term for it, is when I feel like I have little control over what's happening in my life. And that's why I mentioned that. We're not prepared to take control of our lives when we're leaving our parents home and then life starts hitting you really hard, you don't know what to do and you realize you have no control. So maybe learning how to control your life or learning what you can control can change the levels or the rates of depression. But like,
0: for me, I don't really understand how depression works. Like I don't understand it. Like I understand like events can happen and like things can happen in your life that can slowly lead to depression. But I don't like I, it, it's hard for me to like grasp especially when I was going through times when I was down like I didn't understand why it was happening like, it just didn't make sense in my brain like like, well why am I doing this like I should just go out and do stuff and I was just like I will just sit there keep going I'm like I don't I don't I really really don't understand and, I mean, like, I've talked through it with people, but it's still not, I, I, I guess I've gotten an understanding of, like, how to avoid being in that state, but I still don't understand that state, if that makes any sense at all.
2: I'd say it varies with people, like how we're talking about. Um, some people get down and depressed because of the events happening in their life. And for others that are medically diagnosed with it oftentimes it's a chemical imbalance that they themselves can't control and I've heard that be explained to me sort of like you see the little cartoons of the little cloud that sits above you and just rains on you um, but no one else sees it and from what I've heard it, it happens even when you're supposed to be happy so I've seen a lot of people that get depressed and They want to be happy. They want to be out with their friends, enjoying a good time. But they know that they're having this chemical imbalance that causes them to not feel happiness when they should be. And I think as an individual, for me, I wouldn't want to go out with friends during that time. Because then I feel, what's the phrase, a a party pooper. Right. Because I'm not at the same attitude or happy level that everyone else is. You're not... So you you start convincing yourself and telling yourself I don't I shouldn't do this I'm going to be a letdown. I'm going to drag people down
0: I've definitely known people that are that that's happened to them and I'm like at least from my point of view looking at other people I would like I'm like I would rather have you here with us even if you're down like in my point of view it might help you to be out rather than just sit there at least for me it's always better to get out and do stuff than
1: yeah so my experience with that is like for me like in the past and i guess in the present like i don't know if i've stopped doing it but like i'll use other people to make me feel better instead of like dealing with problems that i have and so like especially in high school like i would like always be like asking friends, like hey let's do something tonight and like If no one could do anything, if I'd gone down through the list of people that I know and just, like, everyone had plans or was busy and then I was stuck at home and I had already, like, wanted to go out, like, I would just, like, end up stuck at home and just get really, like, depressed because there was some other thing that I wasn't dealing with, like, just in terms of, like, mental or emotional health. And, like, as long as I had other people to be around and just use them to not have to deal with that, oh, I was fine because I was with friends and I didn't have to think about it. But then once I was forced to like be alone and think about it, then I got really like oh my life's terrible, I never do anything and so like I think it's just like important to like figure out where you are and like decide if like if it's fair to these other people to like use them like that or like if you're using them to just like this to have a good time. Yeah.
2: I would say that the people that I've seen that do go out to hang out with friends it may be a temporary fix for the depression yeah. but until they actually face it themselves if it's a situational thing um, and even actually chemical there's like medicine that you need to take or meditation or some kind of yeah. exercise or movement to help um, balance out those chemicals then you're just running away from it yeah and it's gonna catch up to you once yeah. you stop yeah especially
1: like a lot of the times when like you like, go through a breakup where you're heartbroken, like, I'll oh, just like spend some time with your friends. And like, like people don't s- see that as like a problem. Cause like, okay, that's like a situational thing. They're just feeling down. Like they just go out and try to have fun and do something. then like once after time has like gotten them like used to this thing that happened, then they'll be like, they'll be okay. It's not like an issue. But if it's like something pressing, like you're avoiding some like aspect of yourself that you need to fix, like to be happy then like being around people only temporarily fix that. And then when you're done with that, it's not going to be, you get willing to fix
0: it or done any made any progress towards fixing that. Well, okay. Um, I'm, I'm good with, with leaving it there. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Hiram. Thank you. This was the first episode of not your average bear podcast. Hopefully talking more about education as it goes on. Um, I don't know when I'll do these. Do it every once in a while. Well. See what happens. It's the first one. So, I don't know. Don't even know who's going to listen. Maybe nobody will listen to it. At least one person. At least I will listen to it again. Okay. Um, yeah. To whoever listens to this, hope you're having a good one. And see you around.